We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A big Friday edition of Sports Daily, and we have a big show for you coming up today. We've got to get you ready for a weekend of college hoops. We got to get you ready for a weekend of championship football. We'll have Mike Golick on a little later in this hour to preview the NFL games, talk a little snack food ahead of all the football watch parties. Should be a lot of fun. Of course, Golick on the airwaves here for a long time. And a great football personality. Our buddy Paul Savage will join us top of the second hour. We'll make some picks for championship weekend. Uh, odds and ends to clean up between now and then. Glad to be with everybody. Tommy, happy Friday. Man, I'm looking forward to it. We got a big show today. Big weekend of conference championship games. And then, of course, college hoops as well this weekend. So uh, I've been anticipating this show for a while. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's that time of year, right? Like, this is this is a lot of fun. And I think what we have are two conference championship games that are really hard to get a grasp of. And that's a good thing. That's a, that's a great thing. Jad Chambers producing for us. 869-1240 if you want to join the show today. Early is better than late. If you'd like to call in, you can, of course, find us on social media. Tommy and I both on Twitter. That's probably the fastest way on social media we can get in touch with you. Uh, so here we go. Tommy, you got two conference championship games. And I think for the most part, everybody would agree that these are two games that are pretty tough to predict. You know, last year when we went into this weekend, we had Chiefs-Bengals. And and for the most part, everyone's like, yeah, Chiefs are going to beat the Bengals. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. And for a half, it was happening. But we don't have that this year. It is a really evenly matched championship weekend we've all said all year long there were really probably five teams that could compete for a super bowl and four of those five are in this spot buffalo being the other they of course lost to cincinnati but these are the teams we all expected to be there right in the nfc i I don't think there are very many people that wouldn't have told you yeah it's going to be san francisco and philadelphia and i don't know that there are a lot of people that told you it wouldn't have been some combination of kansas city cincinnati buffalo in the afc it's exactly what we have so in an unpredictable year in a lot of ways, the cream rose to the top like, like we suspected it would. And I think it's all really even. Any one of these four teams could win a Super Bowl, no doubt about it, right? Like there's not, it's yeah. not even hard to imagine the scenario where any four of these teams could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I think that you're, you're right on with that. Um, it's interesting, last week in the divisional round, we had four games to pick and I felt really confident about all four of them. Um, you know, going through and thinking about all the different scenarios. And um, I thought, okay, like I've got a clear vision of how all four of these games are going to play out. I don't have that as much or nearly at all 
with the games this weekend. I think that everybody would probably say that Philly and San Francisco might be a little bit easier to pick than Kansas City and Cincinnati. But even then, I think that there are a lot of different ways that San Francisco can win the game, even though the Eagles are two and a half point favorites right now, uh, 48 hours before the game. So I, I think that there are uh, certain ways that each one of these four teams can can win this weekend, move on to the Super Bowl. And I think that all four of them have a legitimate chance to win uh, and hoist the Lombardi Trophy in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's one of those things where uh, we're not talking about a you know significant underdog coming in and riding a Cinderella-type wave into the championship game. Like you mentioned before, all of these teams are pretty evenly matched. And you know we've been talking about Philly for a long time this season. Uh, we've been talking about the 49ers ever since they brought in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and we felt like that and then their top-level defense that they could easily compete for a championship as well, regardless of who was under center. And then, of course, we all know the storylines between Kansas City and Cincinnati. So a lot of intrigue uh, for this weekend's games. And, and it's going to be, regardless of the outcomes, it's just going to be a, a great weekend of football. Yeah, it's, um, it is it is so exciting. I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's accurate. I just I think it's a really exciting football weekend, and I don't know. And it's more than just the Chiefs beginning there. Um, it, it is, it, it is just it's very unpredictable, and that's awesome. And that's what the league wants, right? And you get it with, you know, you get it with the league's best players at the forefront here. You've got arguably the two best quarterbacks in football. For my money, they are. On one side, in Mahomes and Burrow, you've got arguably as gifted a skill player and offensive setup in San Francisco as there is in the league. When you think about McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and uh, and and Debo, right, and you know Trent Williams, who might be the le- best left tackle we've ever seen. When you watch the way he played Micah Parsons last week. And then a rookie quarterback to go with them, which is interesting. And then you have Philadelphia. And and what as crazy as it is, and as as they've sort of been the top team all year, Philadelphia was by far the team before the year we would have never guessed would be in this spot, right? Nick Sirianni is like the ultimate Philly bro. I don't even know where he's from, but my God, he he looks like that he looks like he's a fan that walked down from the sidelines every week, puts on a headset and coaches the team. He's talking trash. He's crass. Like, he, he's such a perfect fit. It's nauseating if you don't like the Eagles like I do. But it's perfect. With Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Tommy, think back to when Jalen Hurts was drafted. Nobody would have seen this. Nobody would have guessed that he would be in this position with this team. An MVP candidate of the NFL. Lost his job at Alabama. Went back, was fantastic at Oklahoma, is as likable a guy as we've ever seen at that position. It is so hard to root against him even when he does play for a team a lot of people love to hate like the Eagles. But nobody saw him having this level of success in the NFL, and it's been really cool. But he's hurt, like Mahomes. Like, there's just so many storylines into each of these games, and they're completely unpredictable. We'll make picks. And I'll have about zero confidence in those picks trying to pick against the Lions this week. We could put every one of these teams on the money line. Just pick winners. 
and I wouldn't have any confidence in the picks this weekend. It's that close. Yeah, I put together some uh, some bets yesterday, and, and I'll do more as the weekend goes on, and you know maybe even live bet depending on. Well, I don't know if I can live bet. Well, I can't because I'm going to be in Missouri for the Chiefs mm. game, so I won't be able to live bet that game uh, since they don't have legalized betting. Which, come on, Missouri, like let's get with the times. Nah, uh, but, keep it but that regardless, way, leave it all for us true. here in Kansas. But regardless of that, I made some bets yesterday, just kind of like my first look at everything, and I'll tell you right now. For both of these games, I didn't bet the spread at all on either one of them because I just don't know. The only thing that I'm, I guess, halfway confident on would be the the over-unders. Um, you know, I, I, I liked the over in Chiefs-Bengals, and based on what Chelsea Messenger said yesterday, I liked the under in the Niners and Eagles. But other than that, it was a lot of player props. Um, you know, look, I looked in the Chiefs game at Pacheco over on his rushing yards. Kelsey over on his receptions. I liked Kadarius Tony. So there were some player props that I played, but unless something drastically changes between now and then, and I don't think that it will, um, I'm not interested at least right now in betting the spread on either one of these games. No, I, I, I like, I like a lot of the, a lot of the bets you just mentioned. I mean, I really do. It's, it's tough. It is going to be a tough betting weekend. We'll make our picks a little bit later and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll dig into these games as much as we can. We haven't really dissected Eagles uh, Niners. We definitely have with the Chiefs, obviously, throughout the week. And Patrick Mahomes continues to, you know, look good on the ankle and all of those things. But, you know, Niners Eagles, I, I don't even know what to lock in on in this game, quite frankly. Um, I think Chelsea yesterday was on to something with A.J. Brown. Uh, you've also always got to watch Nick Bosa, obviously. I, I think that I, I love that under. Because I kind of think both teams would like to run the ball. Uh, and that's hard to do against San Francisco, so I don't know if Philly can do it. San Francisco obviously wants to do it. And, you know, Brock Purdy, is it as simple as Brock Purdy just continues to not make mistakes and that's enough with their, you know, with their defense and their playmakers? I mean, it might be. I, I mean, know. that's sort of been their M.O., Tommy, for since the last time they played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Just don't make mistakes and let the rest of your skill players and talent guys carry you through. Yeah, and, and that kind of flies in the face of the philosophies that a majority of teams in the NFL have where it's quarterback first, right? And right. you you try to bring in a star quarterback to win you a, a football game, and that's not really the case in, in San Francisco. And it really, it's not just Brock Purdy. Like, they've never really leaned on, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. It's been more about the, the, the players around him, whoever that quarterback is, and then a high-level defense. What I think is going to be really interesting to watch in this matchup is one of the major sticking points for most of the season for Philly. If you want to talk about flaws that they've had from start to finish, they haven't had a great run defense. And of course, we know that the, the Niners have Christian McCaffrey. And so I'm, I'm going to be interested in that to see how much Kyle Shanahan, and you would think he would quite a bit, lean on Christian McCaffrey and challenging the Philly defense to try to stop him. Uh, and I, that might end up being uh, the, the crucial key to the game for both of these teams. If, if McCaffrey can get going and the Eagles can't stop him, then I think that's going to give the Niners the absolute best chance to move on in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's for the Eagles. Just, you know, can can Jalen Hurts run around a little bit? I think um, I, I don't think the Niners are going to let A.J. Brown beat them, you know, singularly. I think Jalen Hurts running is what what I want to see. Like you know, 
They didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do anything. Their defense was so good against the Giants. They really didn't have to do a whole lot. And that's, you know, I don't know that I've heard anybody talk about Philly's defense and what it might present. And and that will be very interesting. Another reason why I really think even more than even more than the Cowboys game, we may see the Eagle or, or the Niners really commit to the run for a while because that's what makes them hard too, is they can commit to the run, even if it's not working tremendously, because they can count on their defense to allow them to keep doing it. And Christian McCaffrey has never had a spot like this, right? He played in Carolina forever. I mean, he's never had this kind of stage to do his thing and show his skill. And he looks good, man. He, he's he's looking good. I'm glad to see him back and healthy. Uh, but both of those games should be a ton of fun. We'll continue to talk about him. We'll talk about him with Mike Golick just a little bit later in the show. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, sort of get a bird's eye view of the college basketball weekend. It's the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which takes... Honestly, takes a little wind out of the sails when the Big 12 has been so good this year. Uh, but we got that. We got the Shockers in a in a real desperation game, I think, this weekend. So we'll bird's eye look those. We'll get Mike Golick a little later in the hour. We'll make some picks. All coming up on the show today. Sports Daily, coming back at you. Kansas City Chiefs are back in the playoffs. BetMGM's adding more excitement to the team's postseason run with one-game parlay insurance. Just place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any Kansas City Chiefs playoff game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Log into your account or download the BetMGM app to take advantage of this offer through the Chiefs playoff run. Take the field confidently with BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in Kansas to bet. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily, Big Friday edition. Uh, Tommy, are you a are you a um, organized garage guy or garage is sort of a storage bin chaos kind of guy? Um, I'm organized, so our garage is is pretty organized. My wife, though, is the most organized person on the planet. Like, if there is a piece of paper that is, you know, out of place slightly. Uh, it is like World War Three. So our everything is exactly where it needs to be in our garage. And it's funny you bring that up, actually, because um, it, it's kind of throwing her off. It's throwing me off a little bit, too. But we're getting a new roof put on this weekend mm-hmm. uh, at our house based on it was back when the tornado hit Andover back right. in uh, April. And so we're getting a new roof this weekend. So we can't have our cars in the garage. And we are for sure like cars in the garage family. We're not fill the garage up and park the cars in the driveway. So we've got to have our cars out. And that's, I mean, it's like throwing our entire routine off. Yeah, it's, it's hard. We, I, I, we, we are organized chaos in our lives right now with the two businesses we're trying to run. And, and sometimes things turn into a storage locker and our garage right now, just the oddest collection of things like from restaurant equipment to our stuff, all of our kids each have, you know, a scooter and they've got yeah. a bike. I've, I've, 
trying to just take the trash out and, you know, one of the bikes fall over. And you know why bikes fall over, don't you, Tommy? Oh, here we go. Why? Because they're too tired. Okay. Oh. I feel like we need a we need the booing sound effect. We also need just crickets chirping. I think that would be appropriate too. This is going to be a daily thing, isn't it? That's one of my all-time favorites because it is so easy to set up. Yeah. So easy to set up. I thought you genuinely uh, wanted to know about my life, but you you're using me as a prop to try to be able to tell your dad joke. I mean, I'm glad to hear about your organized garage. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, you're you're right. You're 100% right, and we'll see how many times I can get that accomplished. Uh, One of these over, days, I'm not going to fall for it. Over the time here. Uh, we had a uh, Jason, a great listener. He, he appreciates them. Uh, yesterday's butt quack joke. Um, so, you know, if you missed the butt quack joke, you can go back and listen at uh, kfhradio.com, but we'll, we'll, we'll mix them up a little bit here. Keep, it, keep everybody on their toes. In the spirit of in the spirit of Bob and Tom leading us in here, uh, you know, it, I, it, I'm very nostalgic with that show, and it only inspires me for dad joke humor. So, um, and I, and I, and I have no like no shame, like no shame whatsoever. In yeah. Eight six nine twelve forty. Let's talk college hoops. Um, all right, we'll start with the Big Twelve games here, Tommy. We got Mike Golick coming up later in this hour uh, to talk a little football. So we'll spend some time here on college hoops. Florida, Kansas State. Kansas, Kentucky. These are interesting spots, I think, for both of these teams, just in the schedule. Um, you know, Kansas State gets Florida right before it takes on a pretty big gauntlet at a pretty critical part of the season if they want to win the Big 12. They can do themselves a lot of favors if they have a great stretch right now. And the Florida game doesn't really count to that because nobody cares. It doesn't really – That that's the thing that makes – the. The thing that takes the wind out of the sails for these games, for me, Tommy, is they won't have any impact on what ultimately happens to these teams in the tournament because none of these games are going to be better than Big 12 games as far as resumes go. So that does, like, it. It's not they're not exhibition games. They're not at all. But they, they don't have the same level to me, and maybe it's just me and not them, urgency as all these other games we're playing every night in the Big 12 that matter so much. Um, you know, I don't. Florida's pretty good. Florida's fine, right? What, what are they this year? Yeah, 12 and 8. They're fine. 5 and 3 in the SEC, kind of middle of the pack-ish. So pretty good. That's a good league this year. Um, and Kentucky, we know, is always really talented. I think just from if it's exhibition-y, Kansas visiting Kentucky has probably a little bit more intrigue trying to stop Oscar Shibway having to go on the road and do it, and trying to snap the three-game losing streak. That one feels like there's probably a little more urgency in it. Kansas State-Florida feels like totally free and easy, and and whatever Kansas State needs to do to then prepare for the games that come after Florida, that's all I really care about with Kansas State. The outcome of this game is not going to mean much to me unless they, you know, just like house Florida by 20. Then I'll feel a little more, con- you know, then I'll be like, oh, man. But anything else didn't really didn't really impact me a whole lot with the Kansas State game. You know, I kind of like the Big 12 SEC challenge, and I know I that like we had two. We, we had Tim Fitzgerald on yesterday, and he said he doesn't like it. Um, from a fan's perspective, I like it because the Big 12 is such a gauntlet, and it's night in and night out. And as a fan, and I think I maybe have said this before, 
um, I get like college basketball fatigue. You know, you get into February and I'm like, God, like I'm exhausted from, you know, twice a week, all of these games. And they're in, especially in a year where the big 12 is the way that it is. Uh, it's nice to, in my mind, at least catch my breath a little bit. And yeah, like there, there are still fun matchups for sure. Kansas, Kentucky. Yeah. Like that's, that's a all time great, but from a conference race perspective, for me as a fan, I do like being able to just sort of sit back and catch my breath and enjoy it and know that it doesn't matter ultimately to the conference race. It, it would matter, you know, when you're looking at quality wins and seeding for the tournament and things like that. And especially for like a Jayhawks team that is at risk of losing four in a row for the first time ever in the Bill Self era. Yeah, there's a lot at stake. But from a conference perspective, I like it. Uh, it, it gives me a chance to just kind of sit back and enjoy a game and not have to worry about the conference race. I, I listen. I love the the series. I it's nothing against that. It's just that the Big Twelve of all the years that the Big Twelve has been awesome, and it's most years now, right? Man, I do think this may be the best of them, most competitive, if nothing else. And I I just like it's just like the timing of it this year makes it feel less important to me. And I don't even mind the timing of it coming when it comes. But it just doesn't, like, it's not going to impact any team's tournament resume. I do want to see the Big 12 flex. And you're right. If there's nothing else to look for in this series, it's let's see the Big 12 flex on somebody. Um, but that comes with some risk, too. If if the SEC wins more games in the Big 12 this weekend, I, I don't think it's then time to say, oh, the SEC's better than the Big 12 in basketball this year, because that's not true. Um, well, I mean, do you know the last time that the Big 12 won the Big 12 SEC Challenge? Mm-mm. you have a guess? Um, last year? No. 2018-2019. That was the so, last time that the Big 12 so won the Challenge. So they've two seasons in they've a row of three seasons it? without three. Uh, winning it. So the 2019-2020 season, it was a tie. And then the last two years, it's been the SEC. Um, and, and so I think that... Yeah, of course, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, but it, I think it does as far as, you know, perception and, and superiority of the conference. And uh, the SEC has won it the last two years, and they tied uh, the, the previous third year. So it's been a while. In fact, the Big 12 won three in a row. The first three years that they did the Big 12 SEC Challenge all the way back in 2013, the first three years went to the Big 12. Since that time, the SEC has won three out of the last six and the big 12s only won once out of the last six years it's been a tie the other two times um so i do think that there is you know something at stake here for the big 12 when you when all we've talked about is how great this conference is overall and the best conference in the country in college basketball they they do have an opportunity to prove that this weekend i i do think it's the best league in the country and i think the reason it is the best league in the country um is because of the depth of the league, every team in it feels like a tournament quality team, right? That's what it is. That doesn't mean, because I've always thought the SEC is getting into the conversation as like, should be in, you know, the best league conversation. But the reality to me is, you know, you, you go down to the bottom of the SEC and, you know, Georgia, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Ole Miss, like all those teams, those aren't teams that are as good as the Big 12. And so, yeah, but Alabama, Tennessee, 
Auburn, Kentucky probably, uh, maybe even Texas A&M. Like, those are teams that would compete in the Big 12 too. So it's got – the SEC's strong. Like, it's got plenty of teams. But then, like, if we're trying to say which league's better than the other by this series, Auburn's playing West Virginia, right? Alabama's playing Oklahoma. So two of the big-time road games that they're – that the SEC teams have are, are playing with some of their top teams come against those two schools. Iowa State has to go to Missouri, right? So then you turn it around and say, okay, well, you know, Oklahoma State at Ole Miss, that's one Oklahoma State needs to get for us, right? TCU's got to go on the road to Mississippi State. Baylor, one of the teams that gets a home game here, right, gets Arkansas. That's pretty tough. Texas has to go to Tennessee. Kansas has to go to Kentucky. So, all you know, all these road games— Except their their road games come against some of our worst teams, and I say our, I'll, I'll speak in that tense for Big 12 representation, and a lot of our road games come against some of the top teams in their league. So there's already an inequity in that schedule just this year, and I know nobody, you know, that's not done on purpose, whatever it is, what it is, but so if the SEC wins one more game, but those were all the matchups, it's not like they're playing a neutral floor tournament, that would be very different. So that's going to factor into it, too. That's what I say. Like, if the SEC comes out and, and goes whatever it ends up being, 6-4 and four in this series or whatever, and I, I don't know what I think the outcomes will be. I haven't looked that closely at all of it. I'm not going to sit there then on Monday and be like, oh, that's it. The SEC's better than the Big 12 this year because I don't think that's true. And, and unless they just, like, steamroll to all the Big 12 teams this weekend, there's not anything that will happen that makes me think it's a better league top to bottom. Um, but I do think there are some good games. Texas-Tennessee, are you kidding me? Texas-Tennessee, the Rick Barnes game? Heck yeah, bring that on. That's going to be a great one. I love Arkansas at Baylor. Um, I love Texas Tech going to LSU. I love TCU going to Mississippi State, quite frankly. I think there are great games. Uh, Kansas-Kentucky obviously has so much appeal because of the history. And Kansas, what a great time to be tested in the way of Oscar Sheepway. Let's talk about that one for a second. Kansas is on a skid they never get on. I I still think this is a team that can win a national championship. They are about to face the worst possible team they can face. On the road, in the middle of a three-game losing streak. And I love that for this team. Regardless of what happens in this game, I do think it will mean a lot to this team. And it won't, it won't mean a lot for like what seed they get in the tournament. But it might mean a lot for their psyche going into the tournament, right? Like what, how they feel about themselves, what they can learn about themselves. This one does have that appeal at least. Can you stop Shibwe? You know, they stopped some talented bigs early in the year at Duke. But there ain't anybody like Oscar Shibwe. And, and what are the chances they, they play that in the tournament anyway? I don't know. But you might as well, with your back against the wall, take you know, the biggest right hook you can take with that guy in this spot on the road, who's going to defend him? I don't know. I I don't know. I, and I think it's got to be committee a little bit. Uh, and maybe part of the strategy is Bill Self knows that Shibway is going to get his. And so you try to find ways around it. Um, I, I don't know. That That's going to be an intriguing matchup. Uh, and Kentucky is hot right now. They've won four in mm-hmm. a row. It wasn't that long ago that there were a lot of cries for maybe John Calipari being on his way out uh, at Kentucky. I think that those uh, those calls have been quieted a little bit over the run because I, I do think that early in this season, 
Kentucky underachieved and underperformed. I think that with when you've got arguably the best player in America in Oscar Shibway, who not only is averaging nearly 14 or not, uh, sorry, averaging over 16 rebounds a game, he's averaging like 16 points a game too. I mean, he's a walking double-double. And so you've got the best player in the country and you're underperforming uh, with the overall team, um, not ranked out of the top 25, but they're, they're responding. They have responded. They've won four in a row at the same time that Kansas has lost three in a row. So I, I'm curious to see how both of these teams continue on. And then, yeah, there, there's the secondary conversation about all-time wins. And you've got these two teams that are playing each other. And Kansas has surpassed Kentucky in the last couple of years. And there's a lot of intrigue around it. Uh, we know that Self and Calipari have you know that long history together and, and all of that. Um, but more than anything, I'm just curious to see how the Jayhawks respond after having several days off after losing three in a row, can they rebound? Yeah, I think the rebounding piece of it becomes a bigger piece of it. I think you can attack Shibway by trying to get him into foul trouble. That's one way you can attack him. And I think back to you remember when uh, you remember when K State played KU, and this is this is a total tangent, but I I'll, I could not believe that they were letting Noel guard Grady Dick. Couldn't believe it. Right, the size mismatch there. And it makes me wonder, like, if you know that you're going to have that much of a size mismatch and you're going to need to double him up, do you double him up with one of your guards with quick hands to just try and get the ball away from him? You know, if he touches the ball to immediately try and and snatch it away or whatever it is, quick hands, and and get him in foul trouble somehow by just anytime he touches it, if he makes contact with a small guard, you go flying and just see if you can't get a call on him. Um, I don't know. Because I don't well, know. I, I don't. Yeah, I think that immediately when Shibway touches the basketball in the post, I think you're looking at an immediate double. Uh, you've got to help as much as you can, especially. And, and it, I love KJ Adams. Don't get me wrong, and he is essential right. for this team. But he's giving up several inches on Shibway, so he's got to have some help. I would think down low, and, and maybe it is somebody like a Dewan Harris or a Jalen Wilson coming in and helping and trying to at least, you know, maybe swipe the ball away down low. But then you worry about foul trouble for those guys, too. Um, I, I don't know if there's really a perfect way to attack Shibway. No, there's or, not. Not on this roster, there's yeah. not. I mean, Kevin McCuller was named a defensive player finalist, uh, a defensive player of the year finalist yesterday. Maybe you just lean on him and say, all right, show some of those chops. We know it's a mismatch. Get in there and see what you can do. You're athletic. You're quicker than he is. Although I'm, that's the thing about Shibway. I'm not sure you are quicker than he is. He's just a yeah. he's a flipping you know unicorn out there in the game of college basketball. Um, but that you know those games will have interest in that way. All right, quickly on the Shockers before we take our break and get to Mike Golick. This is as desperate a road game to East Carolina for me, that you could ever imagine. It's so striking, the difference between what happened in the second half. We sit there at halftime, and you watch that game, and you think, all right, look, the ceiling is higher than we probably thought. Like, when they shoot well, this is what they can do. And then you get the floor of the second half, and that's what we see all too often. And it it is a confusing, frustrating time for fans. You got to go win at East Carolina. You got to go in at East Carolina. East Carolina beat you on your home court, and East Carolina is not good. Like, they're just not very good. You have to go win that game. And, you know, 
it, that that's it, it's time to see what the team's made of. East Carolina's won two conference games this year. Wichita State was one of them. Wichita State's won three. Like, are you more like East Carolina or are you more like the top of the league? Go go prove it right now, right? You can't and, and, and it was so, what that was what was the score of that game, too, by the way. It was like it was, I think that it was, was a the first point game, t- wasn't it? Well, it was, but East Carolina like put 79, up 79 69, points. I think. Yeah. yeah. So, that was the first time we saw the Shocker defense not do, I, I think, and I'm going to make sure that I make sure I'm accurate on that. But for sure, you don't need to be allowing 79 points to East Carolina. Yeah. But before that, we didn't see Wichita State. The Memphis, you know, we it was on December 31st. And before that, UCF had 52. Texas Southern, 56. Oklahoma State, 59. Uh, Kansas State, 55. Missouri turned in to attract me, but Missouri was really the only time that had happened. We we just weren't seeing teams score like that, and it was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. How has East Carolina cracked that code? But they did. So go flex on them in their spot. Go, go try to remind us what the ceiling might be with a big win. Not just a yeah, win, it, a big right. win. It, it's bit it's kind of like a broken record. The conversation is always like, ah, they're right on the precipice of you know either going to a point to where you can have some some good momentum or completely falling off the cliff. And I think we're kind of at that point again right now where you know it you you've got to win against East Carolina because they're not a good team. And I think right now to your question. Are they more like East Carolina, or are they more like the top of the the conference? Well, right now you you are what your what your record says you are. You're more like East Carolina, but this weekend you have an opportunity to try to disprove that. Yeah, it'll uh it, it'll be tough, and they got to go get it. All right, uh, eight six nine twelve forty. We're gonna take a break. We'll get in uh, with Mike Golick coming up. That's next. Expecting that. We'll talk a little football. We'll talk a little snack food. We'll do it next on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing for us. Happy to welcome in now Mike Golick. You heard him for years right here on KFH. Uh, you hear him now on Westwood One calls all over the place. Mike, we really appreciate it. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Getting ready for hopefully a very exciting couple of games of football. Yeah, we got some snack food talk coming for you in just a little bit. Let's start with the football games. We were talking earlier in the show and, you know, I, I think most people had five teams with a chance to be in this spot. Four of them are there. And and it feels like as much as any year in recent memory, there's a pretty easy case to make that any four of these teams could be a Super Bowl champion. And that has this as a pretty unpredictable weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's what we hope for. It's what we certainly hope for in college, right? Every time we start to get down to the end, we're like, can any of the other teams outside of Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama, you know, 
throw Clemson in there occasionally? Can we get more teams, you know, to, to have a shot? And you're right. I mean, it, it, it won't – I don't think it will surprise anybody on Monday if you talk about any combination we could get in the Super Bowl that we would be surprised. I mean, point spreads even say the same thing about how close these games are, and I think that fifth team you're probably talking about is Buffalo – which, you know, had their chance at home and couldn't get it done against Cincinnati. So tip your cap to the Bengals for that. But I agree with you. Any matchup here I think is going to be a good matchup. Mike, zeroing in on the AFC Championship game and and the Chiefs and the Bengals, of course, we know what Joe Burrow and the Bengals have done to Kansas City in the last calendar year, beating them all three times that they matched up. Of course, this game is back at Arrowhead with a, a chance to go to the Super Bowl on the line. Uh, wh- I'm having a hard time exactly figuring out which direction I think this game is going to go because it could literally go either way. Uh, your 30,000-foot your view of this matchup, what are you looking forward to this weekend for that game? Well, I, I think right off the bat, people are going to expect you know a shootout, high 20s. I know the game was 27-24, I think, in the regular season, but at least that, if not more, That's what we expect, but then let's see what we get. Let's see if the defenses stand on their heads a little bit. Both defenses are good. They're not great. You know, they have some excellent players. I mean, Chris Jones is one of the more intimidating players there is uh, in the league with his size and what he does in the interior of the line. But these teams are, 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 both these teams are built more around their offense. The NFC, those teams are more balanced than these AFC teams. These teams are built around the offense. So, you expect there to be some scoring. A lot of it is going to be where you have no idea about the mobility of Pat Mahomes until he gets out there. We see him walking and jogging and all that. But when he has to make a move, when he has to move up in the pocket and break to the outside and push off that ankle or that leg, how is it going to be? How much is he going to be muted by that? So we have to wait till the game to see that. But we know both offenses you know, have the ability to score 25, 30, 35, 40 points. So we just kind of have to see will each uh, when each offense can get into their flow and how much the defenses can kind of throw a wrench into this thing. But I want to ask you too, Mike. Mike Golick joining us here on Sports Daily. There's a lot of locker room chatter. We've got Burrowhead. Eli Apple is always saying something. You've been in these locker rooms. Does that stuff matter as much as we think it does? Do guys take enough from that to make a real difference in a game? It all uh, matters until the ball gets kicked off, and then it's over. <laughs> I mean, uh, you, you, then, then you got to concentrate on the game and the game plan. Um, and, and quite honestly, at this point, if you need extra motivation when a win puts you in the Super Bowl, which is, which is what every team goal is, then I, I don't know what, what I can tell you. I mean, the, you shouldn't need extra motivation from this. Hey, listen, if you, if you can find something to put a chip on your shoulder, we know Tom Brady's done that for years. More power to you, but that locker room talk really, like I said, doesn't do a whole lot once the ball is kicked off. And then it's just time to play ball and stick to your game plan. You know, it's interesting when you look at the AFC championship game and you've got, you know, the the icons currently at quarterback in the league and Patrick Mahomes and, and Joe Burrow in one game. And then the other game, Jalen Hurts, who is an MVP candidate, but then the rookie Brock Purdy. Uh, for the 49ers, we were talking uh, earlier this hour about how the 49ers have kind of built their offense a little bit differently than a lot of the other teams in the league where it is so quarterback focused. But really for the 49ers, it's the other skill players. It's McCaffrey and Kittle and Ayuk and Samuel, the weapons that they have. And I think that's going to make this matchup in the NFC 
pretty interesting this weekend. Your thoughts on that game? Listen, I completely agree. So you have the, the five stud players. You mentioned some of them. Ayuk's had a career year. You know, Kittle is obviously phenomenal. Debo is great. You have Elijah Mitchell, who had two stints on IR, uh, but is now back to to help out in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. When those five are on the field, San Francisco 6-0. and So that's a great number, but it also shows they haven't all been on the field that much. And I know Christian came in, in the trade, so there wasn't that many games. But still, it's formidable, and the offense is based around that, to make it as easy as you can. And I don't want to take away from how Brock has played, but the whole idea, especially with a rookie quarterback, is, is make the reads easier and the decisions easier. When you have guys like that out on the field, you can do that. You know, you can go pre-snap or right at post-snap and, and see the one or two places that you're going to be able to go. They do a lot of movement uh, in pre-snap to try and figure out the coverage, which can help your quarterback. But this Philadelphia Eagles pass rush, 70 sacks in the regular season, four players with 11 or more sacks, is incredible. I mean, they do a nice job on the outside with the corners and with the pass rush uh, on the inside. They're a little susceptible on the run and passes over the middle of the field, which is where certainly Kittle could could uh, hurt them a lot. We'll have to wait and see. But these are such two, two built more complete teams, like I said, than the yeah. AFC. And Brock Purdy, we just keep waiting. Is he going to have this rookie game, you know, where he plays bad? But he just keeps – sometimes he starts off a little shaky, but usually finishes up pretty strong. Mike, we have you in here today, and we know uh, from all the years listening to you that you're also an expert on snacks. Now, pork rinds are, uh, which is what you're here to talk about, pork rinds are an interesting snack, pretty pretty controversial, polarizing snack, yeah. right? You know, it, it pork rinds, don't, it's not everybody feeling the same way about this one. You know, the good thing about it is uh, you can win some money as well. So I know everybody likes money. Uh, so it, it's basically the 14th annual Pork Rind Appreciation Day, and it falls right on the Super Bowl Sunday. So uh, it, the people at Southern Recipe Small Batch, the contests they're having is great, and who it's helping is going to be great. So real quick, go to porkrindappreciationday.com. You enter, and what you're going to do, we're kind of trading sacks for snacks. So pick the team you believe is going to get the most sacks. Each week, a randomly selected entry is going to win a case of pork rinds, for every sack that team gets, ultimately the grand prize is five grand and a year of pork rinds. And the money, a lot of the money is going to help the gridiron grade, something that might get help start. And I'm on the board for it, feel very strongly about. I think a lot of people believe that if you played in the NFL, you have a ton of money and you're fine after football. Well, the guys that played decades ago, I mean, I played in the 80s and 90s, I mean, even before me, weren't making as much money. And the CBA doesn't afford them a lot of money now. So they, 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 they could be living tough right now for, for things as easy as doctor visits, dentist visits, mortgage, and gridiron greats. What we do with the assistance is we help those players. It's basically akin to my teammates on the ground, and we put our hand down to help them up off the ground, or I'm on the ground, and they help me off the ground. So that's what we're trying to do here with some of the players that played decades ago and really kind of forge what this league is right now. And and for so many of them, Mike, and, and we'll let you spend a little more time on it because it does mean so much to you, and it's a great cause. It it goes beyond to, right, just the money, some support, you know, mentally and physically for the toll the game can take on guys has got to be tremendous. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. And, and you know, we, you go through it as you're a player, you feel like you're an invincible person, 
And then as you're getting older, and especially if now you're falling on some hard times, it's tough to take mentally knowing what you once were and where you are now. And a lot of guys, they don't want to ask for help because, you know, they had to get it done on the field on their own. Now they have to, you know, sometimes ask for help or someone in their support group reaches out and asks help for them. And that's really what we're there for is, is to help them. It, it's a proud uh, league, the NFL, you know, of guys who don't want to ac- accept help when they need help. And we hope that they will understand they need help and ask for it. If not, we hope somebody gets to us and let, lets us know who needs help. But it's great that, that, that people like Southern Recipe Small Batch help out with things like this where people can win things. But part of the money goes to help these football players in the Great and Great Assistance Fund. So it's all work in hand. It's a, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I, I love helping out some of the players that played before me. Well, it's a great cause. PorkRindAppreciationDay.com is where you can find out more. Before we let go, Mike, Super Bowl prediction. Who's going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday? I um, probably am leaning toward Cincinnati and Philadelphia. But just as we started this conversation, if it's San Francisco and Kansas City, it would not shock me not one bit. These are all four well-deserved teams to be in the Super Bowl. Mike Golick. NFL uh, legend, broadcaster, and personality. We appreciate it. I know a lot of folks around here were loving hearing from you again here. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the pork rinds, and let's do it again soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. There goes Mike Golick. Tommy and I will be back. Hour number two, we'll make some football predictions and picks. Sure to fail when we return on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.